Welcome to the Running Anthropologist podcast. Here we have a little reintroduction with my wonderful co-host and I. This is Mark. And Megan. And we're here to tell you more about the Running Anthropologist podcast, what we've done, what we have planned, and all the great reasons you should join us. Here in Tampa, Florida, my wife and I have together made it possible to bring this podcast to you. We started with some linguist and anthropology and buffs and inclination and desire to share but chief among those our interest in running and how running overlaps and parallels with our interests and all of these aspects of the world which we interact with that's right you never know who you're going to meet on a run and it's a great opportunity to see other places in the world without both of us doing this we could never do it together i'll be the host for most of the podcast but my wife is in the back channels connecting me with people and making it happen as a matter of fact our very first guest jeff galloway was brought about by my wife because of the galloway run walk run method i'm a member of the tampa galloway group here and it's really been a wonderful part of my life getting me into marathon races that's right and he's also the run disney official trainer and coach and You'll read a lot about him, as well as a lot of our other guests who we invited that have an inside track on knowledge about running culture and unique parts of running culture. Uh, One of the things that we hope to do is also share people that are just everyday runners but do extraordinary things. For example, Trish Trout, who is involved with charity races. Yeah, she did a great job at Boston Marathon and tells us a little bit more about the culture of Boston, along with an old friend of mine and my mother's, who I grew up running with, uh, Mark Bauman, who completed 50 Boston marathons. We had him on just after he did that this year. We've also had Bart Yasso on, who talked about his experience as Sierra Runner's World, and a few people that were featured in Runner's World, Jorge Garcia and Michael Wardian. Jorge did uh, cross all 50 states, marathon in every state, and has finished 100 marathons now. And Michael Wardian is a U.S. record holder, ultra marathoner out doing some really cool stuff, uh, unique challenges, and including one that blew my mind, seven marathons, seven continents, and seven days. So you can hear those episodes. Just scroll back and look in the past nine episodes. The last couple that we featured were Peace Corps running stories. Uh, these running stories were unique, and in every culture, of course, they explain how running affected their lives and their volunteering. We look forward to having more Peace Corps running stories in far corners of the globe. Next up, we're going to tell you a little bit about what we have planned for the podcast. Um, We know that the purpose, overall, is just to share and explore in the culture of running. And the world's best cultural runs. How do we find those? Well, for the most part, it's from you all and from the people that we trust to tell us that have been to every place. We've been to some, but definitely not all. So we'd like to hear from you. You can find us on at Running Anthropologist on Facebook or at the website runninganthropologist.com. So, Mark, what's next? Well, coming up next, we, we have a lot of cool stuff planned, but especially we're hoping to focus on a few unique cultural runs, not the huge marathons, not the big ones that everyone knows about, but ones that really define a city or a culture or a place 
that we can go into and interview the race directors, interview the volunteers, all the people that help to make it happen. And we're going to be doing that, kicking it off with the Crim in Flint, Michigan, and also a few other races which are yet to be determined, but we have some in the works that I think you're really going to enjoy. Hey, I think I heard that there's also going to be some video footage. (laughs) That's right. We're going to be recording live on scene with the GoPro. So if you want to feel like you're there before you commit to going to one of them and just get a flavor of what it's like to run in one of these unique races, we'll, we'll take you there. And we'll be there present, listening, and most of all, we'll be there to share with you and the joy of others. So without further ado, let's head on over to the first of these in Flint, Michigan. And hearing from an insider about how it's grown, how it's impacted the community of Flint in terms of health and fitness for people of all levels and growing into a year-long program, giving back to the community and the community really embracing it. So look forward to having you along for the journey. Let's go exploring. And welcome to the program, Joe DeMombro, who's the Assistant Race Director for the Crim Fitness Foundation. Hey, how's it going, Mark? Glad to be here. Thank you. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk with us today. Um, as we get started, maybe you could tell us a little bit about how you got started with the CRIM and um, exactly what is the CRIM Fitness Foundation uh, from you know from when it started until what it is now. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my story is actually uh, kind of uh, fun and unique. Um, I I first got acquainted with you know, a certain part of the crim, uh, back when I was in elementary school. Um, so back when I was growing up, um, in the greater Flint area, not in Flint specifically, but pretty close by, they had, uh, mileage clubs at a lot, a lot of the elementary schools. So instead of kids, you know, either just going on swings or playing different sports, they actually incentivized uh, students to, uh, run laps around their school. And for every, you know, X number of laps or mileage cards filled out, you would get little what they call toe tokens that you put on your shoelaces, um, basically just little charms um, to, to mark how many miles you've ran over the year. So I really started liking doing that mileage club growing up in elementary school. Um, so I got to, I was able to participate in some of the crim youth focused events at that point. Um, and then if you're, if you're a runner in the area, in the Flint area, um, you, you definitely uh, know what crim means as far as just the big race that happens at the end of each summer. So I did a couple of crim races uh, growing up um, and then it really kind of led to me, you know, finding running personally, um, you know, f- I would say directly from doing those mileage clubs, I, I made the decision to, f- you know, actually put my foot out the door and try out for uh, cross country in middle school. Wow. Um, and then I ran all throughout middle school, um, you know, initially as a way just to get in better shape for soccer. Soccer was kind of my passion sport. Uh-huh. Um, but then after a couple of years of middle school, I found that running was really, you know, I was a pretty natural runner and I had a lot of fun with it. Um, so finally come high school, made the decision to, to go full on into running and be fully committed to that. So, um, you know, ran all throughout high school, was able to run in college. Um, so it really did kind of shape the path of my life, uh, you know, doing those mileage clubs from the crim right at the beginning. So I've known about the crim for a very long time. Um, and then, you know, after college, came back to the area. Um, I actually worked at a local running store, so kind of was involved in the running community in that way. Uh, very briefly as a uh, shoe tech rep as well, so learned that side of the business. Huh. And then um, – Actually, I had a couple of opportunities to partner and volunteer with the CRIM, um, specific, 
race and then putting on a smaller race um, in the summer that the Grim offered. So I got to meet a lot of people uh, on the race staff and got to see, you know, take a sneak peek behind the curtain and see just how much work and how many people it takes uh, to actually put on that big race at the end of August. Um, so after a year or two of volunteering, um, the position opened uh, to be the assistant race director here. So I was lucky enough to to apply and get that position. So it's been um, about four years now that I've been working here um, as the assistant race director. What a fantastic journey. And that's that's really a testament to how the presence of the CRIM and the Flint community and probably what it does for a, a lot of young people who are, you know, new, yeah. new to competing, new to running, um, like you said, interested in other sports, but then just kind of happenstance, find out about running through the CRIM. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I know that uh, it's it's something that we continue to focus on. I mean, we even have our, our Marty Austin Kids Classic event coming up this Saturday, really just trying to introduce um, younger younger kids to the idea of running and not make it you know super uber competitive, but more it's just a fun way to have fun um, and, you know, be active with friends. Um, that way, you know, everyone gets the recognition for accomplishing something. We're not super concerned about times or anything like that, but really just trying to make it as fun and as inviting as possible. So um, that's so important. Yeah. That's so important. The crim is, I know that the crim has meant a lot to the Flint community. I'm, I, I haven't lived in the Flint community, uh, but I'm from Michigan originally. And, and my mother was a, a cross country coach in the state had some awesome teams, 25 years of coaching. Um, and she, uh, she always brought me to the crim when I was growing up. And, uh, I, I know from her, you know, she was in Clio for a long time. So oh, awesome! how big, um, you know, how big Flint, uh, how big a role crim played in, in Flint. Could you maybe tell us a little bit about, you know, how, how it's connected to the community and, uh, and kind of how it's developed, uh, up, up until today? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the race started uh, in 1977. Um, it was uh, Speaker of the House at the time, Bobby Krim. Um, uh. He went to a Special Olympics event. Uh, I think it was like a track and field event that the local Special Olympics chapter was hosting. And he saw all these Special Olympians compete and having fun and celebrating and, you know, being victorious in what they were doing. And he, he really was, uh, you know, he was inspired and he thought that he really wanted to figure out a way to help support um, that work that Special, Special Olympics does. And so he partnered with the, uh, the the head of the local Special Olympics at the time in our area, Lois Craig, to uh, and they came up with an idea to put on a road race to raise money for the local Special Olympics. And neither of them knew much about running at all. <laughs> they just knew that they had this call to action to, you know, to support this wonderful thing. So, um I don't know what the decision was behind it, but they decided they ended up landing on a 10 mile distance Okay. and they decided to host this race on the fourth Saturday of August at 12 o'clock PM noon. <laughs> <laughs> so clearly not uh, runners um, and knowing, knowing a whole lot about putting on an event. But honestly, I think that speaks for just how strongly they felt about this, that they, they really went into it not knowing what they were getting themselves into. Sure. Um, so that so that first August in 77, the first crim race, uh, there were a couple hundred people that did it. Um, a good number of people uh, had to drop out or, you know, uh, the heat kind of got to them. <laughs> sure. Um, and so they decided, you know, after that first race, you know, there were enough people that really did love it. Um, and they were actually able to uh, 
talked to a number of elite runners at the time and had a very strong elite presence. So hmm. uh, Greg Meyer ran in the first crim. Um, and that was, I don't know if that was before or after he won Boston, but he was a very, very prominent name in U.S. running at the time. Um, we had a couple of foreign runners um, and the eventual winner of the first crim race, Steve Kenyon um, from Great Britain. Hmm. So it was actually right from the day one, it was a very, very competitive race. Um, and I would say that first crim race, it was, it was, it was honestly uh, a showcase for the community, for the, you know, the Flint community to come and watch these great runners, um, uh -huh. to, you know, take on the bricks of, of Flint and run through the city. Um, and over the years, really, I think that was what the beauty of that 10 mile race was. And maybe the genius behind Bobby and Lois starting the race with that distance is that it's it's a daunting enough task that it's it's you feel a great major sense of accomplishment once you do it. But it is still achievable for just about anyone. So over the span of the, the you know, the decades after that first crim, it became, you know, it started as a, a community event in that the Flint community could come and watch these really fast runners take on the crim course. But then more and more people found they could do it um, and they wanted to do it. So it really became a community owned event where, um, you know, people would think about training and, and, and really get behind uh, getting ready to accomplish and, and finish that 10 mile race in August. And, and more and more we found that uh, the greater Flint community was instead of, part or, I'm sorry, instead of uh, spectating, they were participating in the event. Um, so our numbers just grew, you know, more and more. Um, and so now, you know, annually it's anywhere from 12 to 16,000 people that participate in the crim. Hence the classic, uh, the classic 10 mile distance. But since then, I know that you've added on, including adding on training programs and other distances so that it can really be achievable for everyone in the Flint community. Yeah, correct. So now, you know, and then we've really embraced that, you know, anyone, you know, the crim is for anyone and for everyone. Um, we have a saying, any race, any pace. Um, so yeah, we, on top of the 10 mile, the, the signature 10 mile race, um, this year's half crim festival of races will offer our half crim five mile race. So someone that's thinking about doing the 10, you get a good amount of that 10 mile course um, with just half the distance. We have our 5k race. Um, we have our Michigan mile race race series so a one mile race on friday night leading up to our big saturday event yes and then last but not least we have our fan favorite teddy bear trot that's about a little over a quarter mile for the little ones on saturday um and then it's still tradition on on friday night um of the festival we have we, we host the uh lois craig invitational which is a special olympics race mm -hmm. um, right on the start line right where you know thousands of will be the next day so it's a really great way to kick off the weekend and really see some inspiring races and and see people accomplishing something great that's fantastic well it's it's grown so much since uh when i was young uh, in the in the early 80s and mid 80s um being there and i i look forward i really look forward to uh to being part of those friday events as well as as um many of our listeners already know uh we'll be there at the end of August, uh, kind of recording the event and talking to more people about what the crim means to them and getting some video footage as well. And thanks uh, in great part to, to you, Joe. Thanks for helping us to set that up. Yeah, happy to have you. Um, I, I, I say that for any anyone who's a runner or walker in the in the state of Michigan, I, I, I mean, obviously I'm biased, but I consider the crim kind of, you know, the, the end of summer, you know, unofficial championship race for anyone <laughs> who I know I have a friend who always says it's funny talking. Or it's, you know, it's interesting talking to people in the area where um, if you find out that someone's a runner, 
a lot of times instead of asking, oh, what's your mile PR or what's your marathon best time? A lot of people ask, oh, what's your crim time? And I love I love that um, that notoriety and being kind of the benchmark for for runners, um, you know, obviously in the greater Flint area. But I love the idea of it being statewide where it's kind of the unofficial like, oh, all right, I know I have to go do this race at the end of August, um, whether you're you know fin- wrapping up a summer race series or if you're looking for a good fall half marathon or marathon. I think that you know, the crime has a good race for you. Yeah. Yeah. Matter of fact, I know a lot of people, you know, that are going into doing their, um, their big marathon in the, in the fall, whether it be New York, Detroit, Chicago, the crim is a great, uh, training run for them. And it's something that they can do that involves community and people that are really supporting, uh, them in their, in their training, especially around, uh, that, that part of Michigan. Um, do you have any, any personal stories or any, uh, anything that's been especially meaningful to you that has happened over the past few years that you might want to share just to tell us about the culture of, of the crim? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so a couple of, you know, or at least one for sure that immediately comes to mind is it was actually a participant in our uh, crim fit training program. So we have a program that, uh, has runners and walkers train with a group that matches their goals and their pace for 15 weeks from May through August leading up to the crim race. Wow, that's great. Um, we have, you know, 17,000 people in that, in that program each year. Amazing. Um, and so one particular participant, um, he ended up, I, I forget, how it specifically happened but i think he was noticing he was just having a pretty consistent headache uh, for a long period of time so we went to his uh, primary care physician um got checked out and uh they were they told him that he needed to go to the hospital immediately so he was on the verge of having a very massive uh brain aneurysm there was wow. a lot of pressure in his head and so he had emergency brain surgery like he went to the doctor to complain about headaches and he was having brain surgery later that day. (laughs) Um, and so he was actually able to recover and, you know, coming out of surgery, his doctor said, you know, how, cause he's relatively old. Um, they're asking him, you know, how, what do you do for, uh, conditioning and and everything like that? Well, you know, part of the training program every year, I do a current race every year. And the doctor said, well, you know, the, the reason why you're able to recover that, you know, this quickly from this type of procedure is because you've been running and walking, you know, so, so consistently over the years. So you absolutely, um, you know, you know, maybe not your life, but you know, absolutely, absolutely your recovery rate to, to being uh, a participant in the crim. And that, um, you know, that guy's name, you know, he, uh, I, I always remember him. He always comes up and talks to us. He's told us the story, um, each time we see him just cause he's so proud and it's so cool to see someone so proud of, you know, such a major life event and turnaround. And he's in the program again this year. He's doing great. He's going to be, uh, he's going to be walking the 10 mile with us again. So, um, cool. someone that absolutely, you know, lives and breathes the idea of running and walking, not just being good for, you know, a, a hobby or an activity, but really good for, um, you know, your overall health and well being. So cool, Joe. Wow. And among those 17,000, I, I assume, Every year, there's tons of cool experiences and stories of people that just are overcoming great things from that community where they're, you know, probably wouldn't be doing it without uh, without that group and all the other people involved to support them. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that, you know, after every uh training program season we, we find people that you know maybe signed up either with friends or or you know this or that but they they did you know at the beginning of the program they did not identify themselves as a runner or walker they just want 
uh, you know, they just signed up to be with a group and have an activity with a friend, but then come after the race and at our you know post training program celebration after the festival, they they definitely do start self identifying as runners or walkers. So that idea of making someone you know believe in themselves and 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 just prove that you know the the truth that I I really believe and I'm sure every runner would agree with is that anyone you know everyone and anyone can can be a runner um, or a walker if they want to. That's amazing. It's a great takeaway. Um, we've had similar takeaways from, uh, you know, documentary films about running, exercise psychologists, you know, longitudinal studies over 20, 30 years about the about the benefits, both in terms of attitude and perspective on life, but especially on people's health and well-being. So um, very grateful to the work that you guys are doing. And it's, it's much needed in uh, some of the big cities in Michigan. And uh, I think it helps to turn around a community, um, you know, moving in a positive direction. So thanks. Thanks for your part in doing that, Joe. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, it, is, it is fun to see. Um, I've been riding the press truck for the past past couple of years so a good a good seat for, for watching the race but i've seen it both as a participant but then as uh, a spectator on the press truck it's it's really fun seeing on top of all the people on the course running and walking and things like that um seeing people that maybe you know the idea of running or walking is still a little bit alien to them but mm-hmm. no matter what if someone lives on the crim course more often than not, they're out on their lawn or on the sidewalks cheering people on. We have people set up, you know, makeshift DJ booths, and they're just blasting music. We have marching bands. We have church choirs. Um, it, it really is, you know, the best way, the best tour of Flint where you get to see a lot of the city and you get to see a lot of the people of the city really being united for one cause and, and really celebrating everyone that's that's participating in the event. Oh, that's amazing. I, I can't wait. I, I can't wait to be a part of that this year. And um, we, I'm from Saginaw area. I have quite a few friends that always come down and, and run in the crim. So uh, look forward to taking part and also to kind of, as you said, rounding out the, uh, the end of the summer season with the crim. Um, one of my last questions for you, Joe, was uh, about predictions or what you'd like to see or what you perhaps foresee uh, coming up next for the crim. Uh, that's a good question, and it's it's something that we always ask ourselves too. So you know, I touched on it briefly, just the 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 depth of the history that this event has, and how you know community community owned it is. Um, we're always finding ourselves um, balancing act of, of honoring honoring the traditions that uh, that make the crim what it is and what makes it so special. But at the same time, being cutting edge, being innovative, um, you know, trying to stay relevant in in an industry that, you know, one has become just flooded with, you know, you can find a number of races every weekend. So there's a lot of saturation in the market. So how do we make our events stand out um, Hmm. above the others? I think it's going to be continued engagement with, I mean, first and foremost, you know, we're, we're proud of where we are. So it's going to be, you know, continued engagement and putting Flint on the forefront. I think, I think the Crim race and the Crim fitness foundation in general is going to be one of the main pillars for how, um, the city of Flint, um, is able to change its reputation for the better and, and becomes a thriving, a thriving area in the state again. Um, and we're able to accomplish that, you know, in part from the race, but in, in, in a larger part with all the other work that our foundation does, um, you know, all the the other 363 days uh, of the year <laughs> yeah um so i think it's really going to be you know the fate of of the race is directly tied to the success of the city so i think it's going to take 
you know, ideally I'd like to see, you know, more and more people from across the state. We already have a good representation, but more and more people, you know, giving Flynn a chance. And the best way to give Flynn a chance is honestly to come and, and participate in the CRIM. You know, it, it has that reputation for being a successful event. No matter what, we know how to put on a great event. So come and participate, see what, see what we have to offer. But in, in a greater sense, see what, see what's going on in the city of Flint. Um, I think when, once people see, just all of the progress and all the positive things that are starting to happen. Um, they're going to, there's not going to be any roadblocks and people are going to start flocking to the race more and more. Um, and even beyond the statewide, even, even locally, regionally in, in the country. Um, I think we're never going to get away from a 10 mile race. We're always going to have the 10 mile. Um, there's no getting behind that. Um, and we actually had the, the, the streets are painted with a blue line for the full 10 mile race. So it's oh, pretty, wow. it's pretty permanent. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so we'll be, we'll always have our 10 mile race. That's, that's never going to go away. Um, you know, I know in the past we've been the host actually for the, the USATF 10 mile championships. Mm-hmm. Um, we already are the host for the, uh, USATF masters one mile championships on Friday night. So we have a pretty good relationship with USATF. So there's no telling if that would come back to us. I know it's a more challenging 10 mile course than what, uh, than what some other ones have been, hmm. but really, um, you know, having that combination of really being a, a community event or a run or an event for runners and walkers of any pace, but at the same time, uh, same time, still attracting that, that elite, uh, um, talent. I mean, we're, we, we do a great job at bringing in, um, local and statewide talent. So a lot of very fast runners, you know, from playmakers, Hanson's, um, Red Cedar running club, things like that. We've had Dathan Ritzenheim run with us for the past five or six years now, I think. So we, we do a great job at bringing in, you know, the statewide, um, there's, you know, the state local, uh, elite level talent, but it's also been fun. And I've been doing, I've been focusing on this with my time here as well. Um, really extending that red carpet invitation out to, to elite runners from across the globe. So we've had a number of runners from Kenya, Ethiopia, Eritrea, um, Japan. Um, but I, I love that idea of balancing, having people, you know, from the city of Flint that have never done a road race before and have no idea what they're getting themselves into. And at the same time, having that person, you know, complete the same course and cross the same finish line as, as, um, you know, the same person like Dathan Ritzenhine or Noah Drotty or, you know, some of the other, you know, major names and major talents we've had uh, grace our course. So I think it's going to be an event that's continued to be owned by the community, but it's, it's an event that I think that as more and more things are going on in Flint, you're going to get more and more people that have either never been to Flint before or have not been to Flint in a number of years that come in and are shocked at, at what's going on and are impressed and are looking forward to coming again year after year. That's awesome. One of the few sports where you can line up next to the next to the best. And um, I know great things will continue to happen uh, there in Flint. And as, as I mentioned before, we're, we're really excited to be a part of that. In uh, just a just a bit, um, just a little bit over two months away, and uh, oh gosh, don't don't. Worry about me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll uh, we'll keep in touch with you till then, and um, please uh, please feel free to send us any links or any pictures, photos that people can kind of find on our running anthropologist website, um, and we'll uh, we'll post those as well. 
Yeah, we'll do. So, uh, yeah, um, on top of sending that stuff to you, you can always find information on crimraces.org. Um, and then our, our Facebook's Crim Races and Events. And then we have an Instagram, too, that's crim underscore events. So awesome. um, we'll send all that information to you, but make sure you check us out, too. Thanks so much, Joe. And ha- happy yeah, running. Thank you very much. Yep. Bye-bye. Yeah, that sounds good. As we finish up, let us just invite you to join us in any way that you can. You can message us. You can submit one of your own favorite cultural runs. You can also join us on Facebook and post or like or share photos and ideas. We look forward to having you. We're also on Instagram, so you can follow us and see what we're up to and where we're traveling. Thanks a lot. Thanks. We'll see you soon. Until then, happy running. Happy running. Happy running.